We're so glad that you've tuned in to our Rolling Hills Community Church sermon podcast. I'm Kendall Kearns, the student worship leader here at Rolling Hills Community Church. In today's sermon, we're looking at the vision of Rolling Hills. We believe that God has raised us up to reach people for Him in a time such as this. Today, Pastor Jeff will be teaching on what our vision statement is as a church and how it practically applies to us as Christ followers. Whether you've been attending Rolling Hills for years or if this is your first time listening, our prayer is that this sermon will point us back to what it means to know Christ and to make His name known. Now here's Jeff. It's a new year, a new beginning. So there's no better time to come together with a voice that finds common ground in our belief in Christ and His church. A voice that reaches out with the heart of love and change. A voice that ministers to the lost, both here and to the ends of the earth. A voice of excellence driven by prayer and joy. And with this voice, with these voices, we can move forward together as as one one voice. Well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today and just say, Big welcome to everybody here at Franklin Campus, everybody who's on our Nolensville campus, our Nashville campus, and welcome to everybody who's online, wherever you're watching from in the city or country or around the world. And I believe God has brought us together today to hear from him. And we need him, right? We need him today. And I'm so thankful that we can all be together, and especially as we start a new year and say, hey, well, I want our focus to be on the Lord. I want to grow deeper in him this year. I want to bring glory to him this year. I want him to be the Lord of my life and not get distracted by all the things that are happening all around me, but me to be focused on the Lord. Uh, I want to tell you, we started a new series last week called One Voice, and I'm excited about this series as we endeavor to listen to one voice. There's so many voices that call out to us every day. I mean, there's voices that are calling out to us, but for us as people of God to listen to one voice, the voice of God, and to hear from Him, and then together as God's people, to proclaim one voice to a world that's in need, to say, hey, it's Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Now, guys, before we dive in today into our series, I want us just to stop. I want us to stop, and I want us to pray. Uh, you know, it's been an unbelievable week, right, that's happened, everything that's gone on this week, and, and we need to come together as God's people and pray. Pray for our nation, pray for one another, and so I just want to invite you Uh, to bow your heads wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, and let's all join together as God's people and pray together. Father God, we come before you. And Lord, we need you. Father, our nation needs you. And God, your word says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And that's what we're doing right now, Father. Humbling ourselves and praying. And seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. Then you will hear from heaven You'll forgive our sin and you'll heal our land. And so I pray, Father, you bring healing into our land. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way. And Father, I pray for our leaders, our current leaders, our our future leaders. Father, I pray that you would give them wisdom. Father, I pray that they would lead well, Father, and just knowing that the decisions they make impact all of us and, and other generations. Father, I pray, God, revival would come. Because, Father, we need you. Our nation needs you. Father, I pray for our kids who are growing up today, Father, in a a world of fear with pandemics and all the civil unrest, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that you give them strength and that you set their eyes and their precious little hearts on you. I, I pray, Father, you would raise up leaders, Lord Jesus, raise up leaders, Father, in our churches, God, who who would serve in government, who would serve in places, Father, who would be spiritual leaders, God. And I pray that you bring revival to our nation. 
And I pray that you start with us. Lord, that you humble our hearts and you fill us with the love of Christ. And that we be people, Father, who pray, people who love, and people who share the hope that is in Jesus and Jesus alone. So God, come, move in a mighty way, because God, we need you. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray together and bring these before you. Amen, amen. Thank you, church, family. Man, let's begin and continue to pray and to pray and to pray. Hey, welcome back to this series. This series called One Voice, and, and I'm excited about this series. And I, and I gotta tell you, it was Christmas morning. It was Christmas morning, and I love Christmas morning at our house. Their kids get up early. They're so excited about Christmas, and everybody gets together. They're all, you know, screaming. They wake up early. There's lots of squealing. There's lots of laughing. There's lots of, you know, presents. And, and so here we are early on Christmas morning, we're unwrapping gifts and everybody's having a great time and dancing. And I look over and my, my phone starts to buzz, you know, and I'm thinking, well, what's going on? I mean, it's pretty early, you know, on Christmas morning and we're opening gifts and stuff. And I look over and I, I keep seeing it, you know, and messages coming in. And finally, I just look over at it, you know, and I saw that this bomb had gone off in Nashville. And I was like, wow, what, what's going on? And so slipped away, went upstairs. I was checking the TV and finding out what was happening there. And, and, and praise God, I mean, it was a Christmas miracle that not many People were killed, only the bomber was killed. I mean, unbelievable because of the size of this explosion. And so we call our families, we're talking to everybody, people are checking on us, you know, calling in, are you guys okay? And they're hearing about it around. And, and then something strange happened. About 11 o'clock or so, I, I got my phone and I started looking at it and I'm like, hey, my phone's not working, you know? And I was calling my sister and I was like, well, that's kind of weird, what, what's going on in the internet? doesn't work, and, and I'm thinking, this is strange. My neighbor comes over, neighbor goes to our church, and he knocks on the door, and he's like, hey, man, what, what's happening? We go back to the Stone Age, and I'm like, I don't know. He's like, yeah, I got no internet, I got no cell service, I got no TV, and I'm like, well, our TV's working, but I, he's like, what is going on? And so throughout the afternoon, I'm thinking, okay, it's gonna get better, you know, and things are happening, but we're doing Christmas stuff and everything else, and it's going on. Well, I'm watching TV, and another Christmas miracle, I mean, somehow, you know, our Christmas service comes on TV during all the breaking coverage, everything that's happening, and I was just thinking, Lord Jesus, that we get to share Christ to thousands of homes in middle Tennessee in the middle of all that's happening and going on, and and yet, then throughout the night, you know, we had a great time with the family, and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to let my phone go, not worry about it, you know, and everything else. Well, the next day, I wake up, and my phone still doesn't work, right? So no cell service, no internet, and now I'm kind of getting withdrawals, like, oh, what's going on? You know, like, this is weird. And, and then I started thinking about how often it just bombards me. How often does this thing just bombard me all the time? You know, notifications and social media and text messages and all the voices that are calling out. And I thought, you know what? I grew up, but I didn't have this. I, 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 like, somehow we made it, you know, somehow I don't know, but we made it around through life and I didn't have all of this stuff. And how many voices, how much noise do we live with today? And it really made me stop to think, yeah, who am I listening to? Who are we listening to? As a people, as a nation, as families, who are we listening to? And as a people of God, we should be different. You know, our vision statement here at Rolling Hills says this, it says, a people of God reaching out, growing up, giving all. A people of God reaching out, growing up, giving all. And so as we talk about this, we're gonna talk about today about what does it mean to be a people of God? How are we different than the world? How do we listen to the voice of God? And how does that make a difference in our lives? And so if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you to open with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Now, if you're new to the Bible, hey, great, welcome, man. Jump in with us. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, all talk about Jesus, all give this different perspective, all focused on Christ. 
If you're watching online, you can grab the Rolling Hills app and you can go there and follow along with us or go to YouVersion. But John chapter 10, and what I love about John 10, these are the very words of Jesus. This is red letter words, okay? Now, as we get to John 10, what's interesting about John 10 is it follows John 9. Okay, that, you don't have to write that down, but you know, just kind of know that because what's important there is a lot of times we kind of break things up, right? We, we have these chapter breaks, these verse breaks. Those were added later on. Those weren't in the original text. And so what you're seeing in John 10 is a continuation of what God is teaching us through what happened in John 9. And in John 9, Jesus was in for the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. And Jesus is there in Jerusalem, and there's this man born blind, and his disciples said, hey, Jesus, what happened? Why is this guy blind? I mean, what, did he sin? Did he sin or his parents sin? Sometimes we think that, right? When something bad happens, we go, oh, they messed up. They sinned. And Jesus goes, oh, no, no, no. Hold on. I'm going to be glorified in this. God's going to be glorified in this situation. You watch out. And God's always at work in our lives. Even when challenging things happen, God is at work. God's doing something bigger than we can see. And so Jesus heals this man. Amazing, right? He puts his mud on his eyes and he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. That God does. He can see. It's literally a miracle. But Jesus did it on the Sabbath. And so the religious leaders get all upset because there was a Sabbath law that you weren't supposed to do that kind of stuff like on the Sabbath. So he's breaking one of the laws. And so they come up to this guy who's been healed, who can now see, and, and they say, wait a minute, were, were you really blind? The guy's like, yeah, dude, I've been blind since I was born. What are you talking about? They go get his parents and they go to his parents. Was, was he really blind? And he's like, yeah, he was really blind. I mean, and the guy's like, look, he did a miracle. And they're going, well, he couldn't do a miracle. He's a sinner. He broke the law. <laughs> He goes, I don't know if he's a sinner or not, but I'm gonna tell you, God listens to him and God's hand is on him. And they get so mad at this guy, they get so mad at this guy that Jesus just healed that they excommunicate him. They kick him out of the temple, which was a really big deal back then because, I mean, your whole social life, your whole spiritual life, everything was kind of wrapped up in the temple back then. So he's excommunicated and Jesus finds this guy and he brings peace and he brings comfort to the guy there at the end of chapter nine. Now jump in to chapter 10. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. Okay, so now he's talking to the Pharisees. So you see all the background now. You see the context. Now he says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, you religious leaders. Those are the religious leaders. Those were everybody who was about the law. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. So Jesus uses this whole analogy thing with a sheep pen. And I love the way Jesus teaches. He, he always looks for things that are going on around and he takes them and applies the spiritual principle. But a sheep pen, everybody would have known back then, right? Every village had a sheep pen. And they would take the sheep pen and they would build with rocks. They didn't have some fencing company come in, you know, put fence around or bricks and mortar. But they would take rocks and they would build this pen and then they would leave an opening as the gate, okay? I mean, they, they didn't fill it in because then every morning you're coming to get the sheep and you're pulling the rocks out, you know, and putting them back at night. So they just left it as an opening, but they would build rocks around to protect the sheep. And so they would be there so that the wolves couldn't come in and thieves couldn't come in. And Jesus is saying this. He says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize 
a stranger's voice. Jesus used a figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. You know, what's interesting is for the Pharisees, they always taught that the law, which is the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, the law, they taught that as a fence. <laughs> a fence around Judaism was the law. And, and that they were the only ones that were in there. You know, they were surrounded by the law. So Jesus is saying this directly to them. He says, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate for the sheep. Now, here's what's powerful. Uh, back then, the shepherd, the shepherd would come and, and, you know, you couldn't just leave the opening there at night, right? Because the wolves would get in, the thieves would come in. So the shepherd would actually lay down and sleep at the entrance. The shepherd actually became the gate. Why? Because if the wolves came, they would get up and they would fight them off. I mean, have you ever heard the expression over my dead body? You know what I'm saying? So, so the shepherd here is the gate. Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Man, that's beautiful. And then verse 10, maybe you've heard verse 10, but he says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. Right, the thief wants to take the... the sheep and they'd go back and kill them and eat them. You know, they come to steal, kill, destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And then he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That word for right there, if you go back to the original Greek, that word for literally means instead of. Instead of the sheep. I lay down my life instead of the sheep. Substitutionary atonement. The hired hand is not the shepherd. And does not own the sheep. See, a lot of times the villages would get together and everybody, you know, some people would own one sheep, others two or three sheep. So they would bring them together. They would have one sheep pen. Then they would hire somebody and say, look after all of their sheep. So they would all put their money together. They would have a hired hand. But the hired hand, Jesus says, hey, he doesn't own the sheep. So when the wolf is coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep, right? So the wolf is coming or the coyotes are coming and, and here's the hired hand. He's like, not my sheep, uh-uh, go ahead, eat. You know, like get I'm out of the way, right? The shepherd's got his staff. He's ready to fight because he owns the sheep. He loves the sheep. Jesus goes, man, notice that. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now look at verse 16. Guys, this is so powerful. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. What's Jesus talking about? The church. Guys, that's incredible. And this would have blown the minds of the religious leaders because they thought it was just them. They were spiritually arrogant, right? I mean, they thought it's just us. It's just Judaism. Here's the law. It's just us in here. And Jesus goes, uh-uh, uh-uh. I've got others. <laughs> He's talking about the Gentiles. He's talking about those on the outside. Now, the, the Jews, they thought, the religious leaders thought that the Gentiles were so far from God that the Gentiles were just like, 
fire for hell. I mean, that's what they thought. I mean, they just couldn't stand the Gentiles. Even when you went to worship at the temple, there was a court of Gentiles that was outside. Then you had the court of Jewish women. Then you had the court of Jewish men. I mean, you were like so far from God. And Jesus goes, hey, I'm doing something bigger. The church, the church. Oh man, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. What's Jesus talking about there? I'm gonna lay down my life, I'm gonna die on the cross, right? But I'm gonna take it up again, the resurrection. He is alive, death can't hold him in the ground. No, no, no one takes it from me. Not the Romans, not the Jews, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were divided. Many of them said, he is demon possessed and raving mad, why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of a blind? You see, there's still different opinions about Jesus today, right? He was a good man, he was a prophet. But at some point, you gotta decide, is he truly the son of God? Is he the one who came to lay down his life? Is he the one who came for you? Is salvation through him and through him alone? Who is Jesus? And what voice are you listening to? If you're taking notes today at one of our campuses or you've got a worship guide, I'd love to invite you to write some things down. If you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app. You can fill in some blanks. The reason we do this, hey, just to keep it in our mind. Man, when you write things down, you remember it. So here's some things I'd love for you to write down. First of all this, we are the sheep. <laughs> we are the sheep. That's what he's talking about, the sheep of his pasture. I am the gate. That's Jesus. He makes these seven I am statements throughout the scriptures, right? I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus is the gate to salvation. If you're trying any other way to be saved, right, you're missing it. It's Jesus. And he makes that so clear. The Jews thought it was just by keeping the law. They thought this fence was just the first five books. If I can keep the law, if I can be good enough, maybe God will accept me. Or I'm born into this, right? I'm born into Judaism. And maybe you've thought that sometimes, right? If I can be good enough, you know, I'm a good person. Maybe God will accept me. Or maybe you thought, hey, I've born into this family and this family's a Christian family and, and, and here we are, you know, and show up every now and then. And uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jesus makes it so clear. Jesus is the gate for salvation. Jesus is the one who dies on the cross for your sins, for my sins. Jesus is the one who conquered death. And Jesus goes, I'm the one who is the gate. I lay there. I take your place. Jesus is the gate to salvation. Jesus says, hey, I am your shepherd. <laughs> I'm your shepherd. One of my favorite passages of scriptures in all the Bible is Psalm 23. And David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Have you gotten to that point in your life, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He refreshes my soul. That's our shepherd. Sometimes we hear, oh, we're sheep, and we're like, oh, okay, you know what? David's like, man, I'm a sheep. My Savior leads me. My Savior is for me. I have a shepherd that cares about me. I don't have to try to figure this thing out on my own, and I'm gonna follow him. Is the Lord your shepherd? Because of him, do you lack nothing? 
Are you still trying to figure everything out, man? Finding your worth and your value in Jesus being your shepherd. Guys, it's not about religion, but it's about a relationship. Yeah, Paul says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. In our lives, as we grow deeper in our faith, we should grow more humble because we understand what Jesus has done for us. We ought to understand how Jesus loves all people. It becomes a relationship. It's not religion. It's not about what I do. It's a relationship. It's about what he's done. Wow. So grateful. So thankful. And we can live that way in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Hey, through Jesus, we are the people of God. And Jesus was saying it so clearly there at John 10. Hey, I have one church, one flock, and there is one shepherd, Jesus. And we are the people of God. And what an incredible privilege. What an incredible responsibility too. Notice this, we must learn to follow our shepherd. We must learn to follow our shepherd. This is spiritual growth. This is spiritual maturity right here. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Hey guys, we have an enemy who wants to keep us from God. You know, we talk a lot of times, right? We, we talk about God has a great plan for your life, and he does. God, God wants you to have a great life. He does. We don't talk as much about this, that there is an enemy who wants to destroy us. But Jesus said it. Those were red-letter words. I, Jesus said that you have a thief who comes to steal, steal our joy, kill our relationships, and destroy our life. We're in a spiritual battle. Hey, let me ask you, have you ever been in an argument or disagreement, okay, you know, with your spouse or with your roommate or with your children, you know, and it starts off small, right? It starts off like no big deal, like, hey, can you put the dishes in the dishwasher or, you know, hey, can you take the trash out or something? And then it just escalates. You ever been there? And you're like, all of a sudden, you know, everybody's screaming and yelling and you're going, whoa, 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 what happened? Time out, time out, time out. What's going on? I mean, I love you. How did we get here from just like this, you know? And all of a sudden we're bringing up everything in the past and all this stuff is going on. You're going, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. This. See, Satan tries to get a foothold in our marriage. Satan tries to get a foothold in our relationships. Satan tries to come in and bring division. And you're going, man, that wasn't where I was going. No, 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 it wasn't. But you gotta stop and go, no, no, I gotta pray. Hold on, we, we love each other, we need each other. We're not gonna let Satan get a foothold here and destroy what God is doing here. But we have to realize that there's an enemy. There's an enemy who wants to keep us from God. God leads his people just as a shepherd leads his sheep. And guys, here's the beauty about being a people of God. Here's the beauty about being the sheep follow the shepherd, that our call is to follow him. Our call is to trust him. And as you grow and as you mature spiritually, you begin to lay down your own agenda and you begin to trust God's agenda. You know, as a church, this is what we've been endeavoring to do. This month, right now, January 2021, this is 18 years since we started as a church. 18 years ago. 18 years ago, January 2003, we had 15 people. We met in an apartment clubhouse. And we were there having Bible study on Thursday nights and praying and saying, God, what do you want to do, Father, with your church? And and, and we just said, we're gonna follow you, God. We don't know, we don't have a plan, we don't have some strategic, thing. we're just gonna trust, we're gonna follow you. And God opened the door for us to move to the Marriott Hotel. Uh, maybe you've seen the Marriott there in Cool Springs, right? We met there in the ballroom. 
and we met in the ballroom and it, it was great being there. We would do baptism at the indoor swimming pool. And so we would go down after church, we would have baptisms there and people would be swimming there in their bikinis. We'd say, hey, can you move down here? We're gonna do baptism right here. And they'd be like, what? You know, like, who are you people? And we have baptisms right there. It, it was exciting. And, and we're praying, we're like, God, what are we gonna do? There was a guy in our church who, he was praying. He said, I feel like God's called us to reach this community and maybe we can do a three-on-three basketball tournament. We said, hey, we'll try it. And I love that about Rolling Hills. It's like when God speaks to you and God gives you a vision and a mission and a purpose, we just wanna get behind you. And so we had a three-on-three basketball tournament over in the parking lot at Thoroughbred Theaters. And, and we'd be over there and we were meeting people and sharing the love of Christ and watching people play basketball. And maybe some of you came from that time. It was exciting. And then the Marriott came and said, hey, you can't be here next Sunday. There's an Amway convention. Like, what, you're kicking us out for an Amway? Yeah, we're Amway convention. They pay more than you guys. Okay, so we like, tried to find places to worship. We met in a barn. We uh, had church in a barn. Uh, we met in a bridal shop. Uh, we met anywhere we could. The joke was, if you could find us, you could worship with us. Uh, we had no idea like, where we were gonna be week to week. We were just like praying. God, open a door. God, lead us, lead us, lead us. And I remember one day I was praying, like, God, provide a place for us. And, and God said, go talk to Thoroughbred Theaters. Go talk to them. And I said, God, I've talked to them, you know? And they've said, no, they don't do that, you know? And he said, go. And so I was like, ah. So I drove 45 minutes out to Gallatin to the headquarters of Carmike there for the regional offices. And I walk in and Tara's there. She sees me. She says, hey, Jeff. I say, hey, Tara, I'm back, you know? And I was like, hey, is John in? She goes, well, actually, John doesn't work here anymore. I was like, really? She goes, yeah, we got a new regional director. His name's Thomas. And today, in fact, is his first day. He just moved here from Texas. I was like, what? I was like, I wanna meet this guy. She goes, well, he's really busy right now. And about that time, he looked around his eye like, hey, you're from Texas, I'm from Texas, you know? So we went and started talking for a minute. And I said, hey, Thomas, we need a place to meet. And he said, well, I don't know if we do that here. He said, I just moved here, I'll call Atlanta. He goes, when do you need to know by? And I go, well, Sunday's our last Sunday. And he goes, okay, I'll let you know. And he called on my cell phone on Saturday and said, okay, you guys can come to the movie theater. So we went in on Sunday and said, hey guys, we're moving to the movie theater. And so we left the Marriott, went to the movie theater, met in the movie theater for five years. Set up teardown, you know, every week. We didn't know what was gonna happen. We never had a contract. We're just trusting that the movie theater would be open and we could get in and have church. We did baptism outside, had a big horse trough, people being baptized out there. There's Diego being baptized, right? And you know, just watching people's lives being impacted and changed. And then God opened the door for this warehouse Oh, it was a miracle. And then God opened the door, you know, in Nolensville. God opened the door in Nashville. God just is moving. See, our call is just to follow God. Our call is to trust him. In your life, that is our call. God's doing something bigger than we can see. And we can get caught up in a lot of noise and a lot of people have an idea for our lives. But listen, listen, listen. Trust God. Trust God's plan for your life. Trust God's plan for your life. Guys, listen, in 18 years, we have been through different political parties. <laughs> 18 years, we've been through a lot of world events. And in 18 years, I gotta tell you, Jesus is still on the throne. He hasn't moved, and he won't move. And there'll be nations that will rise and nations that will fall, and Jesus will still reign supreme. And so in your life and in my life, our call is to put our trust and our faith in him. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our hope and our joy is in him. Trust him. Hold on to him with everything you've got because he's at work in your heart and your life. 
hey, look at this. The sheep listen to the voice of the shepherd. That's what sheep do. They listen to one voice. He says, I have other sheep that are out of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. As God's people, we must learn to hear God's voice. That's our call, man. We can learn to hear God's voice. I remember doing student ministry and I had a seventh grade small group leader and, and he was so excited because one of the kids in this small group invited a friend to church. And the, and the kid who came accepted Christ, gave his life to Christ. He went to camp and he was pumped and he gives his life to Christ. It was just so exciting. The seventh grade small group leader buys him a Bible and he sits down with the kid and they're highlighting verses of scripture. It was just awesome to watch discipleship happen. And then the next Sunday, the kid is at church and he's got his Bible, you know, and he's writing down verses. The next Sunday, he's there, next Sunday, and, and you're just seeing this. Well, then he missed a Sunday. And then he missed another Sunday. And three Sundays in a row, and the small group leader comes. He says, what should I do? And I said, well, call and check on him or go by his house or something. He goes, well, he lives close. So I'll, I'll stop by. So he stops by the house. He knocks on the door, and the mom answers the door. And the parents were showing up for church, you know, sporadically, you know, kind of Christmas, Easter, but they weren't real involved. And and the mom was super nice, though, and she's like, oh, thank you for coming by. He loves you. He talks about you. You're such a great small group leader. And, oh, he said you gave him a Bible. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, I just miss him. I haven't seen him for a few weeks. And she goes, yeah, he, um, here's what happened. We, we got a dog. We got a brand-new Labrador retriever. It's a little puppy, though. And, and so we took him to dog obedience school. And the trainer told us that, that we needed to bring uh, Jimmy with us to to dog obedience school because the trainer said it's so important for a young dog to learn its master's voice. And so we have six months of going every Sunday to this dog obedience school so that the dog can learn his master's voice. And the small group leader just stood there and was like, it's so important for a young child to learn his master's voice. He's a young child in the faith. He needs to hear about the Lord. And I just encourage you parents, man, your preschool, your children, your students, getting them into church, you know, being around so that they can hear the voice of God. They're gonna face challenges in life. There's gonna be struggles that they're gonna go through. Will they hear from the Lord? As God's people, we've gotta learn to hear God's voice. God speaks to his people. Now, sometimes it's in an audible voice. And maybe you've been there, man. You just know God, God's speaking to your heart. You're like, you hear this voice. I mean, you're like, that's happened to me a few times. A few times, not, not often, but there's times that I hear a voice from God. There's times that God speaks through his word. There's times that God speaks through people. But oftentimes, oftentimes, God speaks through that still, small voice. That still, small voice. And you know, there's a prophet back in the Old Testament named Elijah. And Elijah, he was this great prophet, man. This guy was a prophet of fire. And the whole nation of Israel starts running after this pagan god, Baal, and and they're all bowing down to Baal. And Elijah's like, uh-uh. Well, I'm gonna stand up for God. And so he challenges the people and he comes up to Mount Carmel and there's 450 prophets of Baal on one side. And there's Elijah standing by himself over here for the glory of God. And he says, why don't you call down and see if your God even answers. Call down and see if fire can come down from heaven. 
And then they call down and nothing happens for Baal. And then Elijah by himself says, God, bring fire and consume this altar. And fire comes down. And, and man, it just takes the altar and consumes everything there. And the people are like, yeah, he's our God. And they, they kill these 450 prophets of Baal, this great victory from Elijah. And then Elijah hears that Jezebel the queen is mad. She's mad because she was worshiping Baal. And she's like, I'm coming after you, Elijah. And you would think Elijah would be like, come on, bring it. You know what I mean? Like, did you see what happened right here? Come on. But no, Elijah's scared. He's discouraged and he runs. He runs away. He runs for 40 days, 40 nights. He runs down to the south in the wilderness, Mount Horeb. He gets so far away and he crawls into this cave and he's so afraid and he's so discouraged and he's just there. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there now. There's just a lot of fear, there's a lot of discouragement. And Elijah just calls out, God, where are you? I feel like I'm the only one who trusts you. I feel like everything's falling apart around me. God, where are you? And God says, Elijah, come here. Stand out here on the mountain. And Elijah stands out on the mountain and and this powerful wind comes and rocks are breaking, but God's not in the wind. And then all of a sudden this earthquake comes, everything's shaking, but God's not in the earthquake. And then this fire comes, but God's not in the fire. And then a still, small voice says a whisper comes and God's in the whisper. He says, Elijah, what are you doing here? God, I'm so afraid. God, I'm so discouraged. And God says, go back the way you came. Go back to being a man of God. Go back to faith. Go back to confidence. Listen, Elijah, I'm not finished with you. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. Go anoint Elisha. Your ministry is going to continue to grow. Listen, God's not finished with any of us. Listen to the voice of God. Speak to your heart. Speak in your soul. Hey, stop listening to the enemy's voice and listen to God speak to you. I want to tell you there's an enemy who will speak to us. And here's what the enemy says. The enemy's voice says this, hey, be afraid. The enemy's voice says, hey, discouragement. The enemy's voice says doubt. The enemy's voice says, hey, con condemnation and shame. That's the voice of the enemy. But God's voice brings calm. God's voice brings assurance. God's voice brings confidence. God's voice says, I am with you and I am for you. Listen to the voice of God. When you wake up in the morning, don't just grab your phone and start paging through Instagram and, and everything else and go to social media, go to news media. You start with the Lord and say, God, I wanna hear from you today. God, speak to me today. God, I wanna live in the confidence of who you are today. God, I'm yours. God will speak to you. Will you listen to God and will you trust him in this new year? Will you listen to God you know, the bombing that happened on Christmas Day, I was, went online, I was reading the article about what happened in, in these hero officers, right? We had six hero officers, Nashville policemen who went in and, and got everybody out. It was amazing. And, and two of them were talking about what happened. And two of the officers, Amanda Topping and James Wells, they were knocking on doors and alerting residents to evacuate. And then James Wells says this, he said he had parked his car next to the RV when he first arrived at the scene. And he said, I was making my way back to the car. 
when I heard a voice from God. He literally wrote that. When I heard a voice from God telling me to turn around and check on my partner topping. He turned around. And a few steps later, he said the bomb went off and threw him to the ground. Topping described sprinting to wells. She said, I've never grabbed someone so hard in my life, she said, and the two held on to each other as they ducked into a doorway, not sure of what will come next. And I just thought, man, God speaks. God still speaks today. Miracles still happen today. When we as God's people listen, when we as God's people say, God, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna trust you. I don't know what God's saying to you today. Maybe today it's a day that you say, Jesus, I wanna put my faith and my trust in you. I, I've been trusting in my, my family or I've been trusting in my experience. I've been trusting in being a good person. But, but today, I give my life. I wanna follow. And maybe today, you've just gotten consumed. There's so much noise. There's so much fear. And God's going, listen, I love you. I care about you. Still your heart, your soul. I'm with you. I'm sovereign. I'm bigger than all that's is. Maybe God's been speaking to you about baptism, taking the next step in your spiritual journey, or waking up in the morning and spending time with him, starting your day off. Maybe God's been speaking to you about praying with your family. This is not something you do. It's something your kids need to hear or being in church and joining the church and putting down roots. I don't know, but will you listen to God? And will you trust him? Together, as God's people, let's proclaim with one voice, Jesus is Lord. In 2021 and for all eternity. What are we saying with our voices? What are we saying online? What are we saying to everybody around us? What are we saying is important? What are we saying that we value? Can we lift one voice? Jesus is Lord. Guys, people need to hear it. People need hope. People need help more than ever before. And we are God's people today. God's church. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe there's fear. Maybe there's worry. But today, would you just open your heart and your mind and say, Jesus, I want to hear from you. You are my God. You are my King. So Father, come meet us in this moment and change us forever. And whether God, we're at Franklin, Knowlesville, Nashville, whether we're online somewhere in the world, Father, speak to us. Calm our souls and our spirits. Draw us to your heart and let us hear from you. Father, we do pray, God, that you would start with us. We get so focused on everything around us, but God, start with our hearts today. Start with our families. I pray, God, that we would have the courage to take a next step in our spiritual journey that we wouldn't just stay where we are, that we would follow, we would trust. So God, we're yours. Holy, completely yours. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. If you wanna learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, 
Download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.